Welcome, ladies and gentle listeners, children and men, children alike. Welcome to the Mystery Cast, where, uh, yeah, we discuss Gravity Falls. And today we have uh, three episodes to discuss. Season 1, Episode 4, The Hand That Rocks the Mabel. Season 1, Episode 5, The Inconveniencing. And Season 1, Episode 6, Dipper versus Manliness. So, um, yeah, just jumping into it, let's get into uh, Season 1, Episode 4, The Hand That Rocks the Mabel. It aired July 13th, 2012, had 2.9 million viewers. And the code at the end says, Carla, why won't you call me? <laughs> Which uh, is a reference to the bit um, earlier, the bit at the end of the commercial with the disclaimer where it says, Carla, I've always loved you, but I never had the guts to say it. Bro, just starting on the cold open with that commercial and stuff, I, I really like this cold open. I think it's probably one of my favorites so far, especially the uh, mystery money bag where you just put the money <laughs> in the bag and so it, bloop, 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 it disappears. <laughs> and then also how Gideon uses the, like, or Gideon's dad uses the same thing. Yeah. It just shows how they're both con men and equivalates them. Like, it's awesome. Uh, one bit I wanted to also point out from the disclaimer was the bit where it says the P in psychic is silent and used for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, yeah, that was pretty funny. The um, whole arm tiger thing. Yeah. It's like, um, why the heck would you even have that at... I just loved it, how random it was. They didn't need to put that in there, but it just made the whole episode, dude. It made the whole episode. They can do that a lot, honestly, uh, with just random shows that'll be playing on the TV. Yeah. There, there's even an entire, like, uh, promotional short that's just those kinds of jokes. <laughs> Two of them. Nice. All right, so... Getting into my thoughts and opinions on uh, episode four, I definitely, again, loved the, I liked all their character arcs so far. Um, it showed Dipper kind of being super, uh, su like a huge broski, you know, like he definitely <laughs> like looks out for his family yeah. and like his friends and stuff. It kind of shows, at least the start of it, it kind of shows how shallow Mabel is because she's like, it's kind of crappy when you send your brother to break up with <laughs> your quote, quote, boyfriend. Like, that's just kind of weird. But again, I love the uh, whole character arc and like the revelation when she was talking to, um, shoot, who's the redhead girl? Wendy. Wendy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the revelation when Wendy's talking about how all of her broken up boyfriends <laughs> <laughs> like the whole character arc of Mabel was really nice in this episode and I, I dug it for sure yeah though uh, yep quick note for uh, this episode new addition to the cast Thurop Van Orman Alex Hirsch's old boss on um, the marvelous misadventures of Flapjack as <laughs> uh, Gideon and honestly I think he goes like full on ham with this uh, with pretty much everything he gets in this episode yeah for sure he definitely like pulls the roles like really well um 
one funny detail I noticed is that like uh, if you shaved off his pompadour, he's not the same height as Nabel, but like he's actually able to be the same height as them with the hair. Yeah. I really did like the whole joke. I don't trust people who have hair that's bigger than their head. <laughs> um, another thing that um, I thought was funny was the bit where they're uh, at the shack and it's like the gossip or whatever. And Seuss is like, I wonder what the new power name for the couple will be or whatever. And I just thought like, Yes, solid joke at the expense of how often ships have really stupid names. Yeah. All right. So now that we've gone into more of the lore side of things, mm-hmm. so we've just now seen like the second book, right? Yep, uh, the, yeah. And so I'm wondering, like, uh, does the different books have, since they're like different editions, do they have different types of stuff in there or does it all repeat the same thing they all discuss different supernatural from phenomena and that will come up in future episodes that has gideon like you know using it for schemes okay yeah yeah and so is that where he found like his uh necklace thing yeah that's where he found the amulet okay yeah and i would like to point out there's some excellent foreshadowing in this episode because there's the bit where he makes everyone stand with it. Okay. And then there's the bit where it's on the factory and, like, Mabel has a difficult time saying no. And if you'll notice, he, like, has his hand on the thing while he's uh, oh. asking her. So he's, like, making it physically impossible for her to say no to him. Bro, I, n- I didn't see that even when I watched it. Which makes him so creepy. So much that's creepier. Insane. Bro, that's crazy. And that definitely like kind of goes in with the uh, <laughs> a bit of a connection. Like, why would, won't you still call me? Like the code at the end, because <laughs> yeah. it's like showing kind of like a weird, cre- creepy, uh, not yeah, creepy, which kind of like parallels with uh, what Gideon's doing with Mabel. Yeah, exactly. Just like showing how relationships and how they can be toxic sometimes and stuff. And I, like, I, dig, not- I dig that. Not not gonna lie, I mean it's it's kind of an obnoxious slang term that I feel like has been overused lately, but man, Gideon is truly a simp. True. <laughs> oh, I also thought that um the bits with uh Stan and Gideon's dad were pretty good. Oh yeah, like the um with the dartboard or whatever. <laughs> We've been just, at each other's throats third too long and then he takes down the dartboard. Casually pulls his Definitely shows the how they're both like pieces of crap that don't <laughs> trust each other and yeah. that they're just doing everything for money. I really um, like that. Another uh funny thing I wanted to point out was um that Gideon was straight up just wearing water wings. When they were on the canoe together. Yeah. Or, um, like, where did, do birds even exist that are as big as the one that, uh, he used to ask her out again? Like, I don't believe that. Wait, say that again? The, the bit where, like, um, they're, like, at the, fancy restaurant and then he uh has like this huge bird flying to deliver a message that's basically just 
hey, want to go out with me again? Oh, yeah. That was, I, I just thought that was kind of random, kind of weird, at least. And I didn't, I didn't, like... I think it was kind of just part of a way of further establishing that, like, he was going all out. Okay, yeah, I guess For that first so. date or whatever, because, um, you know, he was also, like, serving lobster and all kinds of fancy stuff. Yeah, he definitely wasn't trying to take it slow or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did I want to uh, This episode also contains instances number two and three of the you don't know X trope. Both of which uh, happen when uh, in separate scenes where Dipper is confronting Gideon. Yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. Um, I, I, you go, yeah, you go. Okay, I was just gonna say I def I really thought it was super interesting about how um, even Wendy, the little amount of screen time that she got, she definitely got some character development, kind of showing that she was kind of shallow because just dumping up a whole bunch of boyfriends not really giving a care for too many of them and not even just respecting the one guy who she still might be dating or whatever. Unintentionally. Yeah, exactly. And how he keeps calling her and then she just keeps ignoring him. I just thought that was... It definitely was funny character development that got through within the very little time uh, screen time that she was given. I will say, though, this is definitely uh, probably the one of the first episodes to, like, start trafficking in even sort of spooks, like the bit where Gideon first uses his amulet in his room, and he's, like, all mad. I don't know. I felt like the um, one with the wax figures definitely did some mm. spooks, too. Yeah, fair enough. And then, like, there's just the absolute uh, juxtaposition between, like, you know, we've got Thurop Van Orman going full ham, just screaming, I can buy and sell you. And then um, I should also point out that, yeah, uh, Gideon's dad, Bud, is uh, voiced by Stephen Root. And then Stephen Root responds with, like, just this really deadpan, just fair point. Yeah. Which I thought was definitely kind of a fun... Uh, juxtaposition i really liked uh, gideon's dad's hawaiian shoe or <laughs> shirt whatever yeah it, it showed he was kind of, his clothes were very super laid back definitely like heavy dad for sure <laughs> just like the stereotypical laid back looking dad but like is kind of cringy at the same time uh i thought that the uh closing action sequence were uh, we're just, yeah, Gideon's like absolutely mopping the floor with Dipper using the amulet is uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, the overall ending of, you know, Mabel finally standing up for herself, saying that they're through, smashing the amulet. And then uh, I thought the bit where uh, he like just goes absolutely nuts on Stan and then Stan's just like, what? You, you got a word, a day calendar kit or something? Yeah. 
Uh, I agree. The end part with Mabel was, I felt super impactful and it was a really crisp ending for her character arc for uh, that episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then the credits joke, it's not that funny, doesn't really relate to anything in the episode. Other than like the bazazzle, her face or whatever. That bit was funny. Oh, <laughs> blink <laughs> as like the bazazzle pieces are coming off, or uh, when she like just coughs a bunch of the sequence onto Gideon's suit, and he's just like enchanting, absolutely enchanting. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was really good. Yeah. Um, moving on to season one, episode five, the inconveniencing. It first aired July thirteenth. 2012 it got 3.6 million viewers on its premiere and the code at the end of the credits reads onwards aoshima which is a reference to mabel's hallucination scene which in and itself shout outs john aoshima who i think was a like who was a member of the crew i don't remember exactly what his job was but yeah he was a fairly high up crew member all right uh first off we, we just need to talk about Mabel's heavy acid trip. That was insane. That dude, blew my no. mind, dude. The, the, the dolphin creature just straight up looks like the final boss of a Kirby game. Oh, dude. Yeah, for, that was... I, I love that whole sequence. That was definitely my favorite part so far in the whole series for some reason. It was just so funny. It was so funny, dude. Especially um, when Dipper's questioning if it was even legal in the United <laughs> States. Yeah. Um, yep, just, just kind of an important criti- key critical bias to get out of the way. Before we discuss this episode, or any others like it, I ship Dipper and Wendy. So <laughs> t- take anything I say about these episode- episodes that involve this specific uh, thing with several grains of salt yeah um i definitely thought it was like very it was funny dippers trying to like fit in with the cool kids and the older kids and i feel like most people have uh, at least a somewhat similar experience Mm -hmm. a lot of the time definitely reminds me uh just real quick uh addition to the cast we have uh tj miller uh as robbie um I don't know. He's probably been in some other stuff. <laughs> a couple other things, you know. Just just quick note though, uh all of the teens that aren't Robbie, you're you're going to see him in like one more episode and that's it. I mean, like let's just be real. TJ Miller was in the Emoji movie, so we already I mean, we already know <laughs> prize actor right here. Let's yeah. just be let's just be frank. <laughs> Uh, he, he got some funny stuff in later episodes when he shows up. Um, honestly, you said that you really liked the uh, um, cold open last episode. I think that this is a good cold open. Like, it gets in some solid jokes and sets up, like, not only a key conflict for this episode, but also a big piece of Dipper's just entire character arc through the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh, the, the the stinger at the end though was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought that the music in the cold open was good. 
Oh, shoot. I forgot to... All right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to jump around or anything, yeah, okay. but I just want to talk about the um, banger and the hand that rocks the Mabel. Can you believe that? Little oh, yeah, me. That thing was insane. <laughs> Blew my mind. Definitely surprised that it wasn't given like 15 awards. Like It was just, just insane. It was best amazing. Disney song of like the 2010s right there. Yeah, yeah, right. True. Um, also, yeah, real quick, jumping back uh, to the episode we're on. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot that we can uh, learn from Dipper just from the fact that he hesitates. Just the whole high five scene, I feel, was a very well executed bit of uh, like showing, not telling when you're to uh, elaborate on a character's personality. Yeah, definitely. And also it's like, you know, decent shot composition and also the, the little bit where she's just holding up her hand the, in the music was spicy. Definitely. Uh, I think um, this also, it wasn't maybe as spooky as some of the other episodes just because it was just... I think every time you have a, a group of teenagers, it always just goes kind of cheesy for me, especially like, oh, the stupid teenagers are going to, to the spooky house. I, it definitely takes away a lot of immersion for me when I'm in the story because it's just been cliched to, to, to hell, like, right? But I, I thought this was definitely a unique way to put it because you had uh dipper and mabel along for the ride <laughs> showing that it wasn't just teens but it was the subplot of dipper trying to fit in and then mabel just being a complete idiot the whole time <laughs> yeah um i also feel like maybe they could have at least gotten slightly more mileage out of them because most of them weren't that's all the ones that aren't tambry aren't that uh, stereotypically executed. Yeah, they just, I would agree. It felt like, at least right now, that a lot of the teenagers didn't have too much character. And obviously, you can't put that much character development mm -hmm. until, what, 22 minutes or whatever. But if they were to come back in a later episode and they actually flesh them out more, that would be kind of cool. They do in like one more episode, but. I have specific gripes with that one that we'll get to when we uh when it actually comes up. Yeah. And yeah, that that won't be till like the middle of season two. Oh, okay. Um, what else? Uh not gonna lie, the uh the bit where um Dipper covers Mabel's hand to like stop her from yelling and then she licks his hand. That's happened to us all. Let's be yes, real. That's that happened to us all. So hard. Or, yeah, so or we've done that. Like, yeah. let's be real. Dude, that's, that's so believable. It, it just, because it's so funny. Because when you look at it, you just think, oh, shoot, that's so stupid. That's dumb. And I, but then when you actually do it, like, oh, man, it's just such a weird perspective seeing it from a third person perspective instead of it happening to you it just it's awesome i love it um what else uh i i thought the bit with the graffiti was funny 
Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How, how can this man be so bad at drawing a mushroom cloud? <laughs> <laughs> it so obviously resembles a muffin. Yeah, that was pretty good. I definitely like the part going like with the teenagers and stuff mm-hmm. when he says how his mom doesn't like it when they punch yeah. the top of the van and, they go, <laughs> and then they just all woo, woo, woo. and then they all just start doing it again. And then you could actually see the dents in the roof of the van when you look <laughs> at it again. So that I thought that was a really cool character or not character design, but uh setting design. Especially um, the amount of detail with all like of the little words written around, like the "you suck" kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like when you look at it, that was that kind of stuff was like everywhere. So it must have taken like at least a little bit of time to go through that van and just put so much attention to detail. Because yes, of course, a teenager's riding in that van would do stuff like that, and it just definitely showed that the creators cared about this episode and the series in total. Um, I, uh, wanted to point out that, uh, I think it's kind of interesting that with, uh, the side joke of Stan watching the, like, old period piece, um, I feel like it's kind of an old trope, but they at least kind of, uh, breathed some life into it by going really hard with it, with, like, the absolutely ridiculous names that they say during the introduction. Oh yeah, go home or, or go bigger, go home kind yeah. of deal. And I think that I I definitely think it was a pretty good choice. Or in the credits, where like he just up and shuts the TV out the window. <laughs> true, true. Definitely felt like a heavy soap opera kind of watch. Watch it was definitely cool. And and I feel like they at least sort of. Uh, made a wink at the audience that like yeah this is kind of a dumb trope when he goes in a way after saying that it's just like his life yeah 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 um anyway getting to the actual stuff in the convenience store <laughs> yeah um uh let's see here I think it was kind of funny um like the bit where they're like at the fence and uh one of them like says the whole rumor about people dying in the convenience store and it being haunted and mabel's just like very nonchalantly relaxed reacts to it just goes yeah this town has a colorful history (laughs) true uh, the whole part of like the people were murdered here or whatever, and then you realize and it was just like the two old grandparents that had a heart attack. I def I really like the turn of that and how the character or the character art of those two people, how it turned from like two like scary monster ghosts or whatever to just two nice old people who just hated the teenagers. <laughs> and <laughs> It was kind of relatable, too. Like, they were super heavy boomer. It was very funny to watch. Um, what else? Uh, I thought that the montage of just them hanging out was pretty good. Yeah. I definitely liked it. It it kind of gave some warmth into the episode, yeah. showing it all light and friendly and stuff. Um, I, I thought it was pretty funny where when they're like, Dipper and Wendy are like up on the shelf eating the popsicles and he's like 
I'm very mature. And then he, like, shoves the popsicle into his face. Yeah. Honestly, though, that popsicle kind of looked fire. <laughs> it did, though, didn't it? It, was, it looked tasty. Uh, I think this episode, and then when we go into the next episode, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like these episodes actually had some really good Dipper character development, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. really starting to take hold now. Because before, uh, yeah. throughout the series or the season, mm-hmm. it didn't show Dipper change a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But this episode for right now, like the, yeah. I think the next episode was even better character development. But for this episode right now, how he's changing into like accepting that he's a little bit younger, accepting that he isn't as old as the teenagers, but he can still, like, he can still connect with them yeah, even if right. he's not as old. Um, another thing that I want to point out is um, just a lot of the uh, inconsistencies that, like, just weird plot holes you'll notice on watching it the second time around. So, number one, when Dipper goes to get the ice, how did all of that not melt, like, ten years ago? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, it's been powered down for, you know, forever. Yeah. Um, And even if, like, it had refrozen in the time since they turned the power back on for the whole place, like, it still would refreeze as just this huge bag-shaped cube of ice yeah and then um number two this is uh a beginning of a thing that uh definitely persists throughout the rest of the series and that is like this idea of dipper has conveniently read through like everything apparently in the journal and that's why he's able to just whip it out find exactly uh the page discussing the thing they're putting up with right now yeah um and then the last thing is that where does robbie go when uh gravity reverses yeah it felt like he kind of just disappeared for that little section like i don't know maybe he had like a bit where he got like you know uh quote-unquote killed and then they just didn't and then they like cut it from the episode for time or they thought it wasn't very funny but yeah yeah it kind of felt like he was just forgotten about or something i don't know uh the the music just kind of made me think the music like during the spooky scenes like the whole 80s sounding music uh made me realize that uh this show is kind of what Stranger Things would be if it wasn't an exercise in empty nostalgia. Like, if Stranger <laughs> Things wasn't uh, the artistic ethos of Vaporwave, you know, just nostalgia for things yeah. that you never lived through um, as a TV show, then, yeah, it would probably be, like, a live-action remake of this. Yeah, I, I understand. that. That makes sense. <laughs> Way to roast Stranger Things. Well, people hate you now. <laughs> hey, to be fair, last episode you roasted Phineas and Ferb, so let, well, let's see if we I can mean, keep there's this a difference enough. there because, like, Phineas and Ferb is actually garbage. <laughs> uh, oh, damn. Um, one thing that I thought was kind of funny was um, uh, the bit where uh, Dipper's like trying to change the subject after he, like, uh, gets scared by the ghosts. 
Yeah. And like it 100% works on all of them and they absolutely ignore what they were talking about beforehand. <laughs> oh yeah, when he or the uh oh look, it's da- like the Dance Dance Revolution game or whatever. His uh, like <laughs> the dance the video game that uh tricks people into working out or whatever. <laughs> I thought that was really funny cuz it was yeah. so true. Uh k- kind of makes me think of a funny uh bit but like uh it's it's going to be kind of a fantasy nerd thing so you're going to have to go with me here so uh have you read um Mistborn by uh Brandon Sanderson? I have not no. Okay then. So this will take a little bit to explain and it might not be that funny but I'm going to go for it. So do it. How magic works in that series is um they have like little like solutions of liquid that have like certain pure metals in them and if you're someone who can use that kind of magic and you drink those metals then it'll give you a specific power depending on the metal okay and there are two that allow you to like uh mess with people's emotions like make them ignore certain emotions or uh fixate upon other emotions and i just thought oh yeah Dipper's totally, like, just using emotional allomancy, which is what they call magic in those books, in that scene right there. And that's how they're just like, ah, yes, we will completely ignore about how we're about to razz a 12-year-old. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, It it kind of felt like... See, my the fine line that I think the show walks is purposely mm -hmm. being bad writing to, like almost plot armor just like social plot armor for dipper it's i it walks the line between being plot armor and intentionally bad writing and the problem is is that eventually if they keep doing the intentionally bad writing for jokes and laughs or whatever i feel like it might accident accidentally turn into like the status quo of the show and i'm just what uh in my when I keep viewing the episodes to come, I'm just going to be looking out for that. You know what yeah, I mean? I don't think that happens an awful lot. All right. Um, I also want to point out that just this whole episode is um, a lot of good character work on like just showing and not telling in terms of character uh uh, development for both Dipper and Wendy because there's like the bit where they find the the forensic silhouettes of the two dead people yeah. and then like Dipper's like no 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 don't do it and they're all like you're you're being lame and stuff um, Wendy's like the only one who hesitates when uh, saying all of that yeah and so that makes me wonder thing. If it, uh, Wendy was either one also feeling that Dipper was being kind of a party pooper, or if mm-hmm. Wendy was just trying to fit in with her friends too, mm. so that that definitely left some ambiguity ambiguity up for further interpretation down the line. Um, now let's get into the uh, actual bits with the ghosts. Um, honestly, c- kind of feels like um. Most of the bits were like they just get disassembled and then like teleport into something 
th- those were all pretty funny. Definitely. And how they were, yeah. It felt like the first couple were a little fitting, but then when that one guy turns into a hot dog or whatever, I like it was funny, but I just I felt like they they could have made it so there was more of a connection between him turning into a hot dog and what he was doing. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, when when they uh, actually like reveal the backstory, the the rap song though. Dude, that rap song, (laughs) better than Kanye's new album, I'm telling you. Homework's wreck, whack, and so are rules, tucking in, your shirt's for fools. And then they, like, actually just die from the shock. (laughs) How dare they? (laughs) Yeah, it was really funny. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. There's quite a few... I, I honestly just really appreciate how this show's voice cast is willing to go with just completely ridiculous bits. And I feel like uh, Jason Ritter, who voices Dipper, definitely does this with the uh, whole whammy dance bit. Yeah. <laughs> the, like, like that? He's all like, so... I will save these people, even if I have to look like an idiot in front of my crush while doing it. Yeah, it- in the like showing the end of uh dipper's character arc as being like who you gotta just being who you are and instead of trying to fit in with everyone or whatever i thought that was kind of cool also at the end when uh the ghost just like makes the okay sign i was like pacha is that you (laughs) oh man (laughs) when the wind hits the hills just right (laughs) yeah Um, moving on to, like, the bit after, uh, the lamb dance, um, I feel like, uh, it would have been nice if they had, uh, worked with the zip then lock thing a bit more. Yeah. Because they, like, don't really do it all that much more after this episode, but I think what matters is that they bring it back for, like, important, uh, episodes that are like important turning points in their relationship okay interesting so it's kind of like almost just like a little symbol of them and their relationship or whatever yeah and like they're whatever they have okay that makes sense i'm cool with moving on to the next episode if you are uh yeah just one thing i wanted to point out kind of funny that stan absolutely does not question where uh dipper and mabel are while he's watching the movie yeah that definitely (laughs) shows like the terrible parenting on his (laughs) part yeah and uh yeah now we moving on to um season one episode six uh dipper versus manliness it aired july 20th 2012 it got 3.1 million viewers and the code was uh, just talking about how um, they were going to switch up the uh, specific codes from a Caesar cipher to an Atbash cipher in coming episodes. So it says, uh, Mr. Caesarian will be out next week. Mr. Atbash will substitute, which basically just says that going on from like Double Dipper onward, there won't be any more... Uh, uh, 
codes at the end that are cesarean. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Because I think I... I never really liked the uh, Caesar codes or whatever. It, it felt like too much work <laughs> to just like re-unscramble uh, them. And so then I'd always just look at the internet and have them already done for me. Yeah, that's nothing. Um, I'm pretty sure that by like the end of the show, uh, the codes are going to be like one-time pads. <laughs> which is like absolutely bonkers. Just like... Yes, children's show. If you want to find out more about it, solve a one-time freaking pad. Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> uh, that is funny. Like, how they take so much effort to make this small little code that most people wouldn't even try and figure out themselves. Um, uh, the cold open for this episode... It, it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, I thought the bit with, um, uh, with, uh, the, the one extra with the hat and the cowboy boots and, like, the cutoffs. You, the, what? The guy who was, like, trying to buy stuff. Oh, yeah, and how he got locked in the store or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Again, um, so going off, starting off with like character development and stuff, again, Dipper has an amazing episode for his character development. Honestly, I'm not super crazy about this episode. I, I, I think... I didn't like the episode in total. It was. It felt yeah. kind of bland and boring, but it still had decent character development yeah. for Dipper. Yeah, I feel that. My only problem is that it just spent way too much time on Dipper, and it didn't feel like it spent as much time as it could have on like the Stan subplot or something. on the B plot. Uh, yeah, because yeah. I thought that was pretty funny, and I just wish it focused more on that too. Yeah. Um. Quick note on uh guest star for this episode the uh multi-bear is voiced by alfred molina and yeah that's about it um so i really thought it was really cool how they started in the episode going a little bit with some societal criticism or whatever how they were critiquing what it means to be a man how the uh the abba or whatever the song the disco girl (laughs) that was super funny how it's painting queen and i love that so much if they can have more jokes like that how they're just rephrases of actual real world stuff it's it's pretty freaking funny how they keep that up for, for like pretty much the entire show um what else was i gonna say um I'd say that uh, the bit in the diner at the beginning was pretty funny. Yeah, how we thought it was the the game was broken or whatever. <laughs> Let me get you guys some pancakes. And then that lumberjack uh, or whatever just yeah, touches it with his, his pinky or whatever, and then he gets it. <laughs> like how when he walks up to it, everyone just immediately stops what they're doing, stops talking, and looks over to where he is. Yeah. 
<laughs> it kind of it felt super relatable because we've all had those moments when we <laughs> think we we got something done easily and so uh, then we have everyone like watch us and then you mess up and you're like oh crap what just happened and then you get super embarrassed so i thought that was really cool on the relatability scale um i thought that the uh like steady escalation of like dipper's insecurity as he you know just keeps walking down the street was funny and how it like gradually builds up to something completely ridiculous where he like just flips his lid and starts crying at some random lady who uh asked for directions yeah um here here's a serious uh grunkle joke uh the the jerky label is a really jerky label <laughs> it just straight up says you're inadequate yeah yeah it, that was really funny i like i definitely liked how they brought in beef jerky being like the man substance yeah. it's this is what men eat to show that they are men it, it definitely laid into that whole part where it was a super cool reversal when they made the super scary monster at the end be kind of like Dipper with liking the pop songs or whatever. So, I uh, mean, kind of a tangent here, but like, if, if uh, beef jerky is real man food, then uh, I guess real men don't have like taste buds because jerky's kind of nasty. <laughs> at least processed. I've had like homemade beef jerky. It's fire. Oh, yeah. Um, Homemade beef jerky is amazing, dude. But the stuff that you buy at the store, it's like, eh, it could be better. It's umami, like, rubber bands. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One funny thing is uh, the fact that the deer is, like, completely fine after uh, Chet's par just chucks him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) even though it like slides through the ground and kicks up dirt all around it you're just like walks it off like nothing that was really funny um the i also yeah go ahead you were gonna say oh i was just gonna talk about i really like the character developments of the man manators or whatever how the one guy has like the male symbol for on his arm as a tattoo yeah. or whatever. That yeah. was that I really like the character development because it kind of shows what like a stereotypical man would be like super hairy, super buff, super strong, super fearless. And you just have Dipper over here who's who's basically me incarnation, right? <laughs> it, it definitely gives a really good perspective on other young young uns like you know the audience who'd be watching this show i mean like let's be real on a disney show it's probably going to be geared toward a little bit of a younger audience not like super young because obviously i'm watching it and i think it's funny but it's going to be geared toward you know a bit of a younger audience and so it gave it made dipper definitely a super relatable Mm -hmm. and good protagonist in general who was able to find his way in this you know of him maturing and going through adolescence and stuff 
Um, j just a funny detail I wanted to point out that uh, first Manator was just straight up wearing uh, and um, just quick apology if I butchered the pronunciation, a Yarmulk. The, the one like little hat thingy. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, and then uh, let's get into the B-plot. I think that this B-plot was pretty funny. Yeah. And also, um, I feel like addresses uh, kind of made me notice the one thing that I that definitely comes up in later episodes where it's um, the five main members of the cast, you know, Dipper, Mabel, Stan, Susan, Wendy, as like a dysfunctional sitcom family. And then yeah. you remember, oh wait, Susan and Wendy don't actually live at the shack. Why are they here all the time? Yeah. <laughs> Why, wouldn't they be actively avoiding the place of their employment when they're not working? Honestly, true. Because that's me and my job all the time. <laughs> oh, is that a plate? Or is it, you guys want to go to Raising Cane's? Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, uh, what was I going to say? And then uh, going back to the thing I mentioned of, uh, on the emotional allomancy, definitely uh, comes up again when he uh, uses reverse psychology on them. But, yeah. like, I feel like it's to a lesser extent because the manators are, like, so blatantly stupid. Yeah, it definitely... It showed that, like, buff and brawn isn't yeah. the only valuable uh, like asset or, or trait, yeah, within, you know, the modern world. How mm -hmm. you gotta have a little bit of intelligence like Dipper, too. Um, the, the training montage, though, that scene was pretty funny. <laughs> Definitely, like, an 80s training montage yeah. movie, for sure. And, and then the lyrics are uh, just a very literal description of what's happening in that specific shot. Yeah, and then how it like breaks away to Grunkle Stan too, and it the song doesn't even br break. It talks about Grunkle Stan. It talks about both Dipper and Grunkle Stan within the mm -hmm. same song. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and then in uh, the whole like where they're like getting ready to establish his final trial or whatever was pretty good mm -hmm. um and how he's going in basically naked <laughs> just yeah. with his tidy whities and, and, on uh, to kill the and the like temporary tattoos yeah <laughs> i thought that bit was funny that was um or uh just leader R's whole introduction mm-hmm and then, uh... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, like the, oh, is he old or, he, is he the oldest or the wisest? No, he's, he's the, the sacrifice. sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude, that was so good. It kind of, the revert. Because, <laughs> like, honestly, the main guy, like, that's who I expected it would be, just, like, someone... That's who I imagined in my mind something super big and strong. And it yeah. was funny because it was supposed to like look like almost a Yoda figure from Star Wars or whatever, yeah. being like an old, kind of crippled man. But then, no, just the reverse, reverse expectations was really funny. 
Um, I thought that uh, the whole bit where he charges up to the cave, like, honestly just kind of shows that when uh, the animation team of this show wants to, they can, like, hammer out a solid sequence. There's, like, maybe just one joke in the whole thing, and it's just kind of a little sight gag. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty good. Um... Uh, the fight scene between Dipper and the multi-bear was also good. Yeah. And then, um, the, I thought that there was also some good, uh, editing, which I feel like, you know, doesn't get talked about a lot, where, like, he's holding up the spear, and it looks, and you think he's, like, actually going to kill the multi-bear, but then he thrusts it down, and it cuts to him, throwing it down and going like, I'm not gonna kill him. Oh, yeah. The, the editing and, like, directing of definitely doesn't get talked about enough, and yeah. for sure. Um, in terms of the outro of the episode, um, I don't know. I thought it was funny that Mabel just straight up taped the chest hair into her scrapbook. Yeah, that was so weird. Just oh, a whole man. joke at the expense of like her lack of uh, caring about social boundaries, <laughs> or just any boundaries in general. And then Stan just gets in on the act too, like just rips open his uh, wife beater. <laughs> True, dude. <laughs> and then yeah. I don't know the the credits joke was kind of funny um i think it would have been funnier if uh they had managed to acknowledge in a few more episodes like how stan tries going out with uh lazy susan and then just immediately regrets it <laughs> yeah at like lady oh man she's gross <laughs> i don't mean that i don't mean to hate on old people but that eye was that i just got to me i was like yeah. eh, grody and uh yeah i guess that's that and uh yeah lazy susan's um messed up eye is uh where we're leaving this episode at <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah this was an episode of the mystery cast you can reach me at bensonmrichards at gmail.com and you can reach Alec at um, squibbles at gmail.com. That's S-C-W-I-B-L-S. I-B-E-L-S. I-B, yeah, my bad. Um, <laughs> it's good. And so, yeah, that's been an episode of the Mystery Cast. Reality is an illusion. The universe is a hologram. Buy gold. Bye.